SAFM values your views. Be an active citizen. You know the number 086-000-2032. Obviously, lots to talk about with Zimbabwe, the political violence that we've seen in KwaZulu-Natal, how to deal with that as well. Musa Benzizwani yesterday failing to arrive, as I understand it, for the public rebuke in Parliament. Other issues to talk about as well this morning. So often, you and I end up talking about corruption. I mean, it's almost the one sort of theme. There are a couple of others. Youth unemployment would be another one, but it's the sort of one theme that we talk about so consistently and so many questions about whether we can ever stop the corruption that we see and that we hear claims about. Some of it's in government, some of it's in government contracts, some of it is state capture, some of it is in the private sector. Look at Steinhoff, look at Tongart Hewlett. Business Leadership South Africa says business must now work proactively and work together against corruption. Busi Mavuso is the CEO of Business Leadership South Africa. Busi, good morning. Thanks for your time. Stephen, good morning, and thank you very much for inviting me. What do you believe business needs to do when you say it needs to be proactive? You know, Stephen, let's acknowledge that the state capture project would not have been to the industrial scale that it was had business not been complicit. So I think the initiative that we've done with Gibbs actually acknowledges that business had a role in corruption in general and had a role in the state capture project in particular. And we have therefore decided to put this piece of work together, which is going to look at how we actually make sure that this doesn't happen in the future again. And I think the reason why we actually did this piece of exercise is precisely because we acknowledge that the Zondo Commission, the six reports that have actually been put out, say very little in the form of recommendations in terms of what the private sector needs to do to prevent a recurrence. There is a lot in there around the guardrails that need to be put in place and as far as the public sector is concerned, but very little for the private sector. So when we saw that, therefore, as BLSA, we thought that let's commission an independent study which is going to look at several international frameworks to guide the development of anti-corruption policies for companies. And we have therefore come up with these guidelines, which we launched last week at Gibbs. And we're really going to have a conversation now, you know, with companies to look at what they have in place, to look at whether what they have in place is comprehensive enough, you know, in terms of the uh, eight, at least, uh, key principles that should be incorporated in these policies. And those that don't have anything in place to look at how we can work with them to put this in place. Because I think, to your point, uh, the one key issue that we have as a country that if we don't address is really going to decimate our economy is the issue of corruption. It is therefore no accident, Stephen, that the government business work, uh, partnership that you have in place has crime and corruption as a work stream. It's precisely because crime and corruption is deemed as top of the three you know, focal areas that we need to solve for as a country. Um, so as part of that uh, business talking more about corruption sort of saying look at this look at that and look at what this sometimes also saying look at this business contract what this is happening here is wrong is it more of a public role as well and that can be very difficult you know, it, that, that is what the eight principles that are actually uh, uh, recommended say, you know, because then we actually come, came up with these guidelines to say that in whatever interventions, you know, you put in place as a company, you have to make sure that those interventions adopt the eight key principles. The first one is around the culture that has to be a really zero tolerance culture that is being set from the top. The second one is business actually taking a very public stance, you know, and adopting an anti-corruption policy 
policy, uh, 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 which is going to demonstrate a zero toler uh, tolerance to, 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 to corruption. The other one is structuring an anti-corruption function and give it the necessary autonomy, you know, with a direct reporting line to the board, because we have seen, you know, that it's precisely because people don't have the right reporting lines uh, in terms of what has happened before. That is why they looked the other way when corruption happened or when they actually found it within their you know, a domain, they couldn't do much about it in terms of escalating it. We are also saying that the policy needs to be very clear in terms of uh, the rules on lobbying, the donations, the processes, because I think a lot of this starts precisely as that, Stephen. You know, uh, it's what is the right levels of lobbying and I think creating rapport with government officials, uh, donations and CSI initiatives and what is not. So we therefore need to put guardrails so that we know ourselves as business when we are crossing the lines, you know, and there's other obviously, you know, interventions and principles that have been put in place. So it's really those things to say, if you want to set up something like this in your organization, at least have this framework that will help you make sure that you, 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 it's not going to be foolproof, of course, but at least you put something in place uh, that will make sure that you don't uh, find yourself in this unfortunate position. It's also about providing some sort of protection uh, in company policies and sometimes personally for whistleblowers. In other words, whistleblowers need to be able to say this is wrong and need to know that they'll be protected when they do that. And, and and I think that is a very major one. And uh, it's unfortunate that I think in everything that has came out in the Zondo Commission, I don't think we're making much progress as a country in as far as the process for handling whistleblowers is concerned. And I think in this one, Stephen, the private sector is just as guilty as the public sector. And I think the one thing for me when it comes to whistleblowers that I just don't get, and this is a conversation that we are having as the big business community, to say when these people have taken this very brave and courageous position of actually uh, reporting corruption within companies and the processes somehow kick them out of the system. When they are already out of the system, why is it, you know, these are ethical people, these are people with skills, these are often executives, you know, who had sight, you know, of what was happening and decided to do something about it. But once they've actually been kicked out of whatever system, we as the private sector as well deem them untouchable. You know, these are people who will tell you that I haven't been able to secure a job, you know, ever since I've been, I mean, people like Mathangoye, people who have whistle blew on Eskom, on Prasa, in whatever the case is, their lives have really been decimated, they've fallen apart. So we should have that conversation to say, how do we actually bring whistleblowers back and how do we actually be intentional as business about saying, this is the kind of executive and a kind of leader and a kind of employee that I'd like to have in my organization. And I think we are yet, we are really nowhere as business. I think we're as bad as government when it comes to this one. And I think those are the critical things. And, 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 and you are right, I'm glad you actually raised that one. So these guidelines talk about whistleblowers as well. They they talk about reparations, uh, Stephen, because then you can't uh, uh, create the damage, you know, that has been done, for instance, at SARS, you know, at so many government institutions. We are saying the least you have to do is to restore that which you have broken, is to restore that which you have destroyed. And I think there are those guidelines, therefore, in determining the reparations when something mm -hmm. does go wrong. And of course, you know, there the, 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 the is a piece around ethical lobbying as well. Mr. Siwa Mavuso, thank you. The CEO of Business Leadership South Africa.